Hey there, I'm Danielle Ackeson, and this is the Silver Lining Live podcast. Everyone has a story to tell. I believe something can be learned from every situation. The Silver Lining Life gives everyone a voice. Real life people and experts share their life. They share how they've overcome tragedy, their victories, and their defining moments. So why is this important? Because it's easy to look at a person and think it's been so easy, quick, or perfect for them. But that is so far from reality. There is work, struggle, and heartbreak. As we will learn, a silver lining life isn't a perfect life. It's about enjoying the life you've been given and even those hard times. So sit back and get ready. It's going to be a fun ride. Hi, I am so excited to welcome the lovely Vicki Andres um, to the Silver Lining podcast today. If you don't know Vicki, she is an incredible mama of five. You heard me, five. She's so busy. And she also runs a successful business and a, a hugely impactful nonprofit organization. She is an encourager, a supporter, and the kind of person you just want on your team. You want her standing next to you holding your hand as you go through life because she just has that kind of impact. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much. And when we start out, can you just kind of go into and share your story that completely changed your life? Oh my goodness. Oh, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for that introduction. My goodness. I wish I could wake up hearing you speak into my ear every day because that was beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Um, we have, we have quite a story and to be perfectly honest, it, it dates back, um, quite a while ago. It, it first starts actually with my, um, who's my youngest daughter, Ava, who is now 12 years old. But um, we thought we'd bring Ava into the world, and she was baby number five. We had just moved here to Indiana, and we thought, oh, let's go for that last one. Let's bring one more in. Little did I know what was coming with, um, with sweet Ava. Um, really challenging pregnancy. Um, you know, we had just moved to a new town. We didn't know anyone. I was put on bed rest with a whole host of challenges. I, I fell That's into that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, I fell into that advanced maternal age category. Um, so that alone threw me a couple curveballs. Um, but, you know, we, we sailed through what I thought was challenging um, as a pregnancy. And then sweet Ava came into the world um, fairly uneventfully. And we started to live our lives again, only to um, learn she was, gosh, she was about five weeks old, and I went in for her well-child checkup, and long story short, she had suffered a level three brain hemorrhage, and we were told that we did not know if Ava would ever walk, talk, or get out of the bed. Um, She had stopped eating, she had, you know, here I was, a mama of five, and I had nursed all my babies because that's, you know, that's what worked for me. I'd been able, um, I was fortunate enough to be able to be a stay-at-home mom. I had lots of, you know, little side gigs going along with mm-hmm. being a mom um, that certainly kept us busy. But, um, you know, here it was, my fifth kid. I felt pretty seasoned, but she wasn't nursing. And, you know, I'd never had trouble producing milk and all sorts of things were being thrown at me. And talk about right. a feeling of, of um, total uncontrolled, you know, just emotions coming at me left and right as a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, that was my first taste of it, to be perfectly honest. And I remember I'd taken her in and I had her all swaddled and for her well child checkup. And I'm telling the doctor, you know, she's not eating well. And I don't know if I'm producing enough milk and all my 
you know, kiddos were, were healthy eaters and I never, you know, was challenged in that area, although I knew it was common. So I, I felt like maybe I was just going to learn something new with, with this sweet baby girl of mine. And I remember I unswaddled her and immediately upon unswaddling her, I have never seen a doctor at that moment fly into such action as he did then, because what had happened was her soft spot had filled in. Oh and gosh. yeah, and so all of that, you know, I always stayed away from the soft spot. Me too. I, you know, because yes, very much so. And again, even on your fifth child, I, you know, that was not an area to mess with. But, you know, I often say it was like watching the grass grow where all of a sudden your grass was too long and you don't know when that happened. Yeah. You know, it was such a gradual over time um, experience that, you know, her head formation was entirely different and he saw it immediately when when I unswaddled her oh my um, gosh. we were sent uh we were sent to Peyton Manning Children's Hospital um straight from the doctor's office and that's never a good sign <laughs> no no um and, and again we you know I think the biggest things we'd ever dealt with were strep throat and you know ear infections right. and runny noses so all of a sudden um I was in unchartered waters. Mm -hmm. um, she was in ICU for about a week and um, she had had a level three brain hemorrhage right in her core. So pretty much it was, you know, and, and so what happened with the brain hemorrhage is, you know, her body was just slowly shutting down. She wasn't mm -hmm. eating anymore. We we're having projectile vomiting. All sorts of flags were just all over the place. Um, and thank God she was your fifth because you were yeah. recognizing. Oh my goodness. Time. Yes. At and ironically, mm -hmm. I, you know, it was odd because there were a couple times I took her to the hospital early on because she was having projectile vomiting and, mm -hmm. you know, it was excused or it was, you know, we could find a reason which made perfect sense at the time, but boy, the, the stepping stones to get to where we were, you know, again, hindsight, you know, it's right. a, <laughs> that's a tough thing to work through, to be perfectly honest. Um, but yeah. we landed right where we were supposed to under the care mm. of an incredible neurosurgeon. And I remember probably my first dose of reality. I was sitting outside, you know, we had one-on-one -on -one nursing care in ICU. I was sleeping there um, day in and day out. And I remember sitting outside of her room, looking through the glass. I was sitting with her surgeon and an incredible man. And, and I remember fixating on his coat and it was his name and then pediatric neurosurgeon. And I remember as a, you know, a very distraught mom because we truly, we still didn't know what direction we were going with her. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting there fixating on that coat. Um, you know, thinking, I cannot believe that this is, this is our life right now. You know, right. it, it's things you hear about. It's, you know, people you hear of and pray for. And, and I was walking in those shoes and, you know, I remember for the longest time. And I always, I always described our doctor as this booming, gigantic man, because mm -hmm. at that time, and it was funny because as life proceeded, he really wasn't that big of a guy. <laughs> but I thought if that doesn't just, you know, tell you where I was and where my right. state was, you know, I felt so um, just so defeated. Yeah. You know, I was just barely mm -hmm. hanging on truly. Um, mm -hmm. you know, and we're trying to balance these other kids and we are new to town and, and here Ava had a level three brain hemorrhage. She had to have a shunt put in, which essentially, you know, in, in, in my lemon terms, the, the ventricles, you no longer, um, drained her spinal fluid. So that oh, is what had filled in mm -hmm. and the hemorrhage then, you know, again, if you envision these, these, 
these pipes, these tubes that drain your spinal fluid, hers weren't draining anymore. So all of her, her fluid was being retained in her head. So that's why when they go and measure, you know, at those newborn visits, you always think, ah, every time, well, they're measuring to make sure that, you know, that's, that spinal fluid is draining. Uh, so I remember we spent a week and they would go in and do brain taps. Boy, this is taking me back a long, <laughs> 12 years ago. They would go to relieve that pressure. They would mm -hmm. go do brain taps because her hemorrhage was so severe, they couldn't do the surgery yet um, because it, we would have landed in the same place. So we spent about a week trying to, you know, relieve the pressure. And then finally, I remember it was Mother's Day, they were able, she was strong enough that they could do surgery. Yeah. And they put a shunt in and that shunt was, um, you know, essentially it's a mechanism. It's a, you could feel it, it's about the size of a quarter on the sides of her head, mm -hmm. on the side of her head. And that drains, that mechanically drains the spinal fluid that she can't drain anymore. And you can, you know, you can see the tube, it's all internal, but you can see the tube kind of, you know, down her neck and along her belly and you know she loves to you know, wiggle it around and and I remember my first biggest hurdle to get over was thinking there there's a device in my daughter that's keeping her alive you know that again in the shoes that you know we we're so new right and and that was you know that was overwhelming to me um mm -hmm. and I remember the doctor saying you know Ava's going to show us how Ava recovers from this um you know, she may never get out of a bed or walk or talk. Um, mm -hmm. We may never see any signs of her brain hemorrhage. You know, brains heal. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was a level three, so it goes levels one to four. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so hers was, hers was more on the severe side. But, you know, as you said, we've seen level one brain hemorrhages with, you know, a lot of challenges. And we've seen level fours that you'd never know. Ava's going to show us how she recovers. Mm -hmm. You know, so here... Um, I was this new baby that truly for the first time, you know, I got to see as a baby. She, and, and he told me, I remember she, she will wake up from surgery and it will be a child being introduced to you for the first time. She's going to be hungry. She's going to eat. She's going to be alert. Oh. And he was so right. It was amazing. You know, all of a sudden I had, uh, but again, we didn't know what we were checking off the list or right. if we could, um, you know, and he said she may have trouble in third grade math. He's like, we don't know. Mm -hmm. um, so we were really trying to learn how to walk through those, those steps of not knowing what her future looked like. Um, I, we go I on. Love, I, I love the symbolism of that. It was mother's day. Like on mother's yeah. day, you finally mm -hmm. felt like I'm, I'm mothering her now. Baby. Yeah, yeah, I really did. And, and, you know, so much of it. I think was, you know, I was a pretty, pretty seasoned mom by that time. Right. But man, did we learn a lot with her. You know, and I always laughed. There was no snoozing with this child. You know, <laughs> she had flashcards and she had, you know, typically by that point, you know, if you can get a nap in the car seat, you're taking the nap in the car seat. Right. And, you know, there was no coasting with her. And gradually we had first steps in incredible organization that learned how, mm -hmm. you know, taught us how to, to walk because mm -hmm. again we did not know right um, but she was hitting milestone after milestone knocking out of the ballpark um, that's amazing it, it really was it, it was such a gift um a true gift from god to watch her again how she recovered um, right and it certainly shows her tenacity with you know <laughs> who she is and right. oh, yeah. um you know how how this was gonna look um 
And I'd say we probably had first steps for about a year and we were able to, to check off those really big, you know, um, things that maybe we were going to have to learn how to do. Um, so at about a year, I think we, we graduated and she was rolling and she was walking and, you know, we had taught her sign language again, not knowing. Um, right. so she was incredibly fluent in sign language as were all my other kids. And we, we really thought, you know, uh, what a gift that we have been given and it may look a little different, but we need to learn how to walk, how to mm -hmm. walk it. Um, and so I would say probably at about a year, I remember her birthday party in April and um, such celebration because we had, we had checked off some pretty scary things. Um, and Did that then, make you feel like you could then breathe like a little bit yes. like, okay, she worked her first birthday. She's, she's marking these things off the list. Like, yes, I think yeah, we, can we breathe. We were checking off really big ones, you know, the, right. the really big. And again, people do it, you know, mm -hmm. we, we just didn't know what it was that we were, you know, going to have to do. And we were trying to, to prepare and learn. And, mm -hmm. and so, yeah, her birthday's in April. Um, and then we were starting to breathe. And Mother's Day in May, the following month, um, another big one hit. And... Um, it was Friday, the Friday before Mother's Day. Um, I was running her older brother, Luke, into, we were at preschool Mother's Day party. And I remember we were, we left that early to get over to kindergarten where another sibling was to celebrate her Mother's Day party. And I remember we were running into the school because again, I was trying to make two things happen. Of course. Running into school, you know, I have Ava in a car seat, I have Luke by the hand and he falls. And Luke is one that could fall down and bounce right back up and, and not miss a beat. You know, mm -hmm. I, yeah, he was that kid. He was just a bruiser. He was a big yep. kid, um, you know, three years old, big, big boy. And he fell and he cried and he cried like I'd never seen him cry before. And I, you know, I thought, shame on me, Vicky, slow it down. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, let's regroup, slow down. And, and I always think of that moment. Um, and then, you know, I got him kind of regrouped. We go celebrate Mother's Day um, with Audrey. And then that night we go down to, um, we're in the Fishers area. We go down to this restaurant that's on the water and we're down there and Luke's fine. And my sister's in town and we're eating out on the patio. It's a beautiful, you know, spring evening. And we were walking along the water and all the kids were feeding the ducks and life was good. And then we woke up Saturday morning and Luke could not move. Um, oh he gosh. could not move from the shoulders down. And he was, he was complaining of excruciating ear pain. And so again, I'm thinking, well, that's weird. There's no cough. There's no cold. There's no runny nose. But he's complaining, you know, of this incredible head pain. Of course, it's the weekend. Um, so I took him into a, a weekend clinic, you know, one of those walk-ins and they diagnosed him with a double ear infection. I think that's so odd because again, I'd seen my fair share and there was no sign of anything, but they said double ear infection. So I went with it, mm -hmm. you know, it made, okay. Um, got eardrops and we were just talking about this the other night. In fact, there's a, there's a CBS I had picked it up at. And I remember I was in the back of their parking lot with my sister trying to put these eardrops in and he, I've never seen a child in such excruciating pain at that moment mm -hmm. as I did with these eardrops. And I was just reminiscing that, that parking spot with Luke. <laughs> um, but you know, Saturday, so I'm thinking, okay, antibiotics, you know, tomorrow we'll start touring the corner. Sunday came and he was getting worse. 
So I'm thinking, okay, you know, and we're still doing everything. We're taking baths and there's no fever. And it's just so bizarre. Well, Monday we woke up and actually Ava had uh, her year appointment. Um, and I called first thing. I said, hey, can I bring Luke in? You know, something's up. And again, you know, lots of kids were in and out of that doctor. You know, can you right. put Luke on the schedule? And they said, of course. And I, I took Luke with me. Um, and I remember the doctor doing all sorts of, you know, tests with him. And still the pain at that point was unbearable. He truly could not, you know, he couldn't move his head. Um, and I kept trying to justify it. Man, there are adults that say when they get, you know, that severe of an earache, you know, it throws off their equilibrium and everything. And, and the doctor at that point, he's like, you know, I think he's showing signs of a hip infection in his hip joint you know, a double hip infection. And he's like, you know, it's real serious. Um, it requires, you know, two weeks of IV antibiotics at home and I'm terrified and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. And, you know, we need an MRI. Mm -hmm. Sent us immediately to Riley, straight from the doctor's office to Riley. Oh gosh. Yeah. And um, we went through the MRI and I remember he went through it unsedated because it was, um, it was a um, you know mess up somewhere, and and his pain was so severe. Yeah, I was you know my son needs help, and can he sit through an MRI? And at that point, I didn't. I was so green. I truly did not know the difference between an MRI or CAT scan, mm -hmm. only to realize what the MRI was. And bless his heart, he, he laid through that MRI. And and I remember after really cornering the tech saying, what's wrong with my son? What's wrong with my son? And I was pretty undone. And, and I remember the tech kind of looking at me saying, you need to be strong for your son. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, and I always wonder, you know, I always wonder how much do they see and how much, mm -hmm. um, and I think his MRI was probably lighting up all over the place because it was 24 hours later, we were told he had cancer. Um, and he had leukemia, which is a, a blood cancer. Right. So I, I think back to that MRI and I think, oh, he, you know, I bet it was just lighting up all, you know, regard, yeah. you know, again, that, that's my terms, <laughs> nothing medical there other than thinking, you know, that tech was, was prepping me to, mm -hmm. that we're in for a, a road, um, diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia oh, and gosh. which is a three and a half year treatment plan. Um, and that journey began, um, you know, and I, I think back to that and so many emotions come back, you know, come to think, um, come back with this. And, you know, I, I first, I look at Ava and I think that was just a test drive for us. You know, I, I really right. believe that that was just a test drive for what we were about to embark on. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a test drive for our kids, you know, it was a test drive as parents. Um, because, you know, I used that. Th those are two pretty big ones to, right. for adults to understand, let alone children. For sure. You know, and, and I remember talking to all the kids and, and, you know, I said, you saw how we felt with Ava. You know, we almost lost Ava. You saw how as a family, we, we pulled ourselves together. We stood up, we brushed ourselves off and we took, you know, we did everything we can. And yeah. we're going to do the same thing with Luke, you know, so it was a point of reference for me to use with them. Like you saw, we've had these feelings of terror because it truly is terror. We've oh, had yeah. these feelings of terror before, but you saw we were okay. Mm -hmm. And we got to do it again now, you know, and we got to do it together. 
Um, and our lives change. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm not going to sugarcoat any of it. They, our lives changed. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of time in the hospital. There's a lot of time apart. Um, there are terrifying moments. And right. again, as a parent, um, you can't control any of it. And that was probably my best and biggest lesson. Um, it started with Ava and I got a little taste of it, but man, it really hit home with Luke. Um, yeah. With, I can't control what this is going to look like. I can just, um, you know, I can give my tools to the kids and mm -hmm. together we can try to, you know, figure out how we're going to walk through this. But I remember, and I, I refer to it often, I, in the very beginning days, he spent several weeks in the hospital up front right after diagnosis and he got whacked. I mean, as we were being told he w had cancer, they were setting up chemo. I mean, it was mm -hmm. fast. It, you yeah. know, and I remember people asking what kind of leukemia, what kind of, you know, there are several different, you know, mm -hmm. rivers you could swim in. Um, and, and I remember not knowing for weeks because everything is coming at you like crazy. You know, mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't tell people what kind of leukemia it was because it was so, our world was so turned upside down. And I think right. that's that now. And I thought that just to give you any idea of, you know, how that just comes at you. But I remember having to sign our life away with um, all the risks that come with, the, you know, he was on more, um, more chemo drugs than I can even recall at this point, but, you know, having to sign away. Right. And I remember I was given a huge list of side effects. And I mean, you know, books worth of side effects. And I, of course, poured over all of them throughout an evening. You know, I was sleeping down there. It was when you still shared rooms. Because why not? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I wasn't watching TV. And I remember, share, we, you know, we had shared rooms. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember even being taken to the oncology floor in the middle of the night before we were told. And, and I remember the tech that was pushing us say, I, he said something like, I, I'm sure this must be scary, the floor that you're on. And I didn't even know. And I said, what floor are we on? Yeah, I, I truly didn't know where right. we were. And he's like, well, you're on the, the oncology floor. You know, and at that point, I'm still thinking, oh, you know, this is a hip infection. You know, I mean, I truly right. hadn't. Um, but I'm thinking, oh, they, they knew the direction we were. You know, I just, it just wasn't anything I'd had to walk in before. Um, but in the beginning, pouring over these side effects and this sweet resident walked in the next morning, you know, doing rounds at 5 a.m. or something. And I, and I'm a pretty mild manner, mannered mom. And I remember he walked in and I, I went in attack mode of what are we going to do to make sure none of this happens to my son? You know, cause I'd been pouring over these terrifying things, right? you know, terrifying things and things that, and it's not like I was given a choice. Do you want to do plan A with Luke or plan B? You know, there was no decisions to be made with, with that. It was, this is what we have to do if you want your son to survive. Right. You know, there wasn't any, you have a decision to make. Right. Um, and, and these are the side effects. And truth be told, the chemo was equally as life-threatening as the cancer. You know, mm -hmm. you learn that when you unfortunately have to, you know, walk through that river. Um, so I remember just attacking this poor <laughs> resident of, okay, I get this and I'll sign, but how can we make sure this isn't going to happen? And I went at him and I remember he was so gracious and he listened to me. And then I remember he sat me down. I was on this rickety old cot. 
again, this was a while ago, <laughs> I was on this rickety old cot and he sat next to me on my cot and he let me just go. And then I remember he held, he grabbed my hand and he's like, he's like, I got to tell you, we'll, we'll cross each bridge when we have to, we may not have to, you know, but we'll cross that, you know, we'll deal with it when we have to, if we have to. And he really, you know, started talking to me in off the ledge. But I remember then he, he truly grabbed my hand. And he's like, you know, more than anything, you have to have faith and you have to turn this over. And that was my, you know, I come from a faith-based family and, and, but that was the first time in my life where I thought, you know what, this is bigger than anything I can even learn to handle. I mean, it truly was, you know, so that's where I got to pretty quick that as a parent to not be able to orchestrate what this was going to look like um, was very hard for me, you know, right. so I got to that place pretty early on where, you know, we're going to trust the doctors and, you know, but there are some things that are going to happen that we don't have control over and we'll deal with that when we have to. Um, you know, so I, I got to that, not to say it wasn't easy because, you know, and how, how many years was it that he, 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 he was fought. treated for three and a half years, three and a half years. Yeah. Chemo every day. Um, we always say 14 pills on, on Thursday. Um, he learned how to count. He learned his colors. He learned things through chemo truly. Mm -hmm. Um, because that was his life. That was and, his normal. You know, yeah, that was his normal. And I remember people, they, oh, that was always probably the toughest thing to hear in the beginning was people saying, you know, before you know it, this will be normal. And I remember thinking this shouldn't be normal for a three-year-old, you know, he, right. he grew up in a hospital. He grew up, you know, going through procedures that, that many adults couldn't even fathom to be right. honest. Um, spinal taps regularly, mm -hmm. you know, that we would sit through with them. Um, you know, countless, countless procedures. Um, and he, what was, what was amazing was he was in remission after five days of treatment. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that, you know, but research has taken us to the place of knowing we can't stop. You know, I remember thinking that was every corner we turned was a celebration with him mm -hmm. because he was responding. He, you know, in the beginning, you don't know. Right. You don't know what your body's going to do. And, you know, the type of leukemia he had, you know, the genetic makeup, he was responding to treatment. He was in remission after five days. I mean, though, you know, again, it's, it's amazing how you shift to what your celebrations are. Right, and those yeah. were our celebrations, you know, um, everything was lining up. Um, but ironically, the first nine months is kind of the, the intensive treatment. And then you go into maintenance for, you know, two and a half years or, or whatever the count is. And ironically, he made it through his, the tough stuff there. You know, I don't want to say easy because it's not easy for anybody. In relative, barely in without, term. yes, without much complication. Um, and ironically, it was the two and a half years that that boy took a hit, um, you know, problems with his liver. Then, you know, think about that. Yeah, that's a long time to be, you know, having to pump that into your kid. And I always said, it's your right. chemo is your best friend and your worst enemy all at the same time. You mm -hmm. need it. Um, but it could be the very thing that makes you lose it, you know? Yeah. So, um, so we've become very passionate about, you know, um, doing everything we can, you know, he, we celebrated when, you know, he was diagnosed at three, he finished at near seven. 
Um, yeah, through kindergarten, um, you know, maybe went to school half the time, you know, his, again, he took a really long, hard beating, um, mm -hmm. energy wise. And, you know, I often would look at him and think, I wonder if we'll get Luke back, you know, because he looked just, um, you know, we lost him for a while in the respect of who he was. He was just, his normal was just so sick. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but he still, you know, he would crawl because he couldn't walk anymore because he didn't have the energy and you know he always yeah. fought he always fought um and uh, sure enough you know they they told us on his after his last treatment they said it'll take about a year for him to recover and you know again talk about throughout you think you get used to this kind of stuff and you just don't but as a mom to think you know it's not like he's recovering from a flu, you know, or this or strep throat. You oh, know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. He is going to take a year to recover. And it truly was. I mean, it was a good year for him to, you know, start you know, walking without limping and, you know, having the energy to, you know, walk or ride his bike. And, you know, it was truly, it was like life was was he was blossoming before our eyes. Um mm -hmm. And you sure learn a lot through that. You know, I, and I'm sure I've said it to you before, Danielle, it is such a, you know, it's, it feels so odd to say that I, I wouldn't change it mm -hmm. other than I wish I could have taken the pain for him, you know, as yeah. a mom, of course, right. but you don't learn this kind of stuff from a book, you know, mm -hmm. and the siblings and, you know, as a family, how we're able to, to rise through it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that kind of stuff, you know, you're in the trenches and, you know, I look at all the kids now and who they're becoming and, you know, as Luke now is taller than I am, you know, he's in high school, he's, mm -hmm. you know, he is, he is, he is a gentle giant, you know, just, um, it's just so interesting to watch who they've turned into because of our challenges. Um, right. you know, so again, I, yeah, I would have taken every hit for him. Um, but boy, life, life has become so much richer. Um, you know, the blessings, the blessings are different with what, you know, still today. And, you know, we're, so we're eight years out now of, of chemo. Um, how do you, you know, feel? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, how do you feel like for you as a mom, that what what do you feel is the biggest takeaway for you in changes of pre your children going through this to mm -hmm. then post what what did you notice of yourself that changed so much you know just that's such a great question um you know our our normal looks different and you know the things that are hard to us are different you know and i find that for my kids too that you know I would never in a million years want anybody to walk through this, but your scope of what real problems are, you know, right. it's just different. And I don't ever want to dismiss the challenges of ear infections or, you know, strep throat. Cause again, you know, ironically through all of that, we still got nailed with the normal stuff too, the broken bones and the getting called from school because somebody's gotten, you know, smacked in the eye with a racquetball and, you know, life did not stop, you know, especially right. with that many kids, you know, it's not like everything else could go on hold because Luke had cancer or because Ava had a brain hemorrhage, you know? Um, and so I think the, our scope of what we, 
look at as far, you know, as far as how we manage. And, and I, I see that for my kids too, you know, mm -hmm. the things that people stress about, it's just different for us. And yeah. again, you know, you don't ever want anybody to have to know what it's like. Of ever. course. But, you know, there's a saying, blessed are the broken. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, and, and I remember during Luke's treatment, you got real, um, you know, it was hard, you know, if somebody, I think I probably hopefully have learned a few empathetic <laughs> shifts, you know, because it, it would be, you know, I didn't do Facebook at all. Cause I, that was not my world, you know, to, you know, ear infection, you know, I remember thinking what I wouldn't do for an ear infection. Mm -hmm. you know, right. or what I wouldn't do for the stomach flu, you know, so, Which would so be I so think hard to like yeah. have that comparison and see that and be like, Oh, that would be so nice to have something so small uh, right. in those moments. Yes. But you know, but again, that's where you are. And again, I, you know, exactly. you don't ever want to dismiss that for a person. Right. Um, but and, when you're in the trenches, <laughs> when you're in the trenches and I think a lot of times I glazed over and you know, I, I probably, removed myself a lot because it was just too hard to be around normal because I was living anything but normal, you know? Yeah. And, and again, I, I wanted people to be who they were, you know, mm -hmm. and the stomach flu stinks. <laughs> yeah. But I remember thinking that's just not where, um, that's just, you know, I, I couldn't get to the same page. And, mm -hmm. and so I think more than anything now, hopefully what I've learned is just, you know, there's so many stories that people are walking with, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, hopefully to show some grace, you know, to that yeah. cashier that's having a bad day mm -hmm. or, you know, because so many, in fact, I have a, a friend I'm good friends with now and she, she talks about it a lot. Somebody was at swim practice, which is swimming didn't last long for one of the kids, but I remember <laughs> sitting in the stands and she came and, you know, I kind of knew her and she was really trying to create you know, conversation and a friendship. And, and she said, you just weren't having it. You know, you were just checked out. And, and I'm sure I probably was, you know, mm -hmm. I, it was probably my 45 minutes outside of the house. Um, and, you know, thankfully she was gracious enough with me that she gave me a second chance, but it, you know, it just made me think of how so many people carry things, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's easy to quickly dismiss it when in fact, you know, everybody's got a story. Right. Everybody has a story. It, and it's so easy to think when, when somebody you're trying to connect with somebody and they aren't, it's so easy to think like, well, what's her problem? Or, you know, what have oh, I yes. done? You know? And really it's like, no, they just needed you to, to just sit there and hold their hand, you know, or, or just sit yeah. there. Um, and they, I, I they, remember they, I, I would, I would park, like, you know, that was a blockbuster was still around. We laugh about that, you know, how different it would be now to be um, walking through that. But Luke and I, that would be our outing would be to go mm -hmm. to blockbuster. Um, and, and, or I would go out by myself to get it because he was too sick. And I remember I would park as far as I could in the parking lot because my only opportunity for fresh air or exercise would be from walking from my car into blockbuster and back, you know, that that's mm -hmm. just where we were for a while. And again, you know, I, even then, I don't remember complaining a lot about it because the alternative was not okay. And yeah. the alternative would have been, I didn't have them, you yeah. know? So you learn that kind of stuff that, you know, um, and, and that's how we, that's how we did it. That I, I was so grateful for the sick and I was so grateful for the they army keep going because he was there. 
yeah. you know, um, that I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself to feeling bad about it. Cause I had my son, I had my son to hold. And mm-hmm. yeah, I remember, um, I would, I would wake him up there. There were periods of, of stretches where, I mean, he was in really bad shape. You know, my, my goal was that he would see Christmas. I mean, we had those days mm-hmm. and I remember I would wake him up, um, you know, steroid pulses, you know, that he would be on and anybody that's had experience with steroids will know what I'm talking about where you don't need to sleep and all you want to do is eat. And, you know, I would pack a cooler of food to put by his bed and he would eat his way through the night. And, you know, we, we slept very little. Um, but I remember there would be times I would take him and we would go watch the sunrise and we would truly just sit and we wouldn't talk. And we, you know, because, you know, there are so many amazing gifts right in front of us Mm -hmm. that when you slow down long enough, you know, there are blessings within our reach all the time. It's just, you know, eyes wide open. I always tell my kids eyes wide open. Um, you know, because there are, there are people that were put in our path to walk alongside of us. Um, you know, so I'd like to think what we've all learned is to try to be that person to somebody. That's beautiful. Um, You know, I know you and I talk a lot about, you know, the, the roses and the thorns and I have a hard time and I'm not going to say that my life doesn't have thorns. It has a lot of thorns, but I just, you know, I'm grateful for the thorns. It's, Mm -hmm. it's what, it's making us who we are and it's, it's shaping my kids. And, um, you know, it's, I, he taught me how to be a mom, mm-hmm. you know, a much better mom, um, because you just look through different glasses, uh, and all the kids, you know, and it's funny because they, we, um, it is so open, you know, his cancer and his, you know, and we talk about it like, you know, and, and we will see families in restaurants like, you know, but, but it's just part of who we are, right. you know, and we came out on the other side. Um, and sadly, there are so many that don't. And as a family, we have truly taken a mission to, to not forget. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be real easy to put it in a box and yeah. walk away from it. I mean, it really would be. And believe me, but I, I remember he rang the bell. You can ring a bell when you finish treatment, a celebration bell. And he rang the bell. And I remember that day I made a promise to myself that I don't ever want to forget um, because you learn so much. And mm-hmm. to walk away from that um, when kids are still being diagnosed, um, you know, daily. I, you know, my last, the last time I heard it was like, I think it was near 30, 30 a month or, I mean, it's, it's a high number. And I know those cha- those numbers are changing rapidly, but I thought, you know, I don't, I don't want to forget because, fa- you know, we made it through mm-hmm. by the grace of God, we made it through others, you know, their story looks different. And so as a family, we have done everything we can to bring awareness and, you know, Luke's cancer has, when, when I was a kid, long time ago, um, his, um, the rate of survival was, it wasn't even 20%. And his cancer now is over 90%. That's survival. Yes. But we are losing kids because of the chemo, not because of the cancer, mm-hmm. you know? So I remember his, his oncologist telling me that a time will come where we look back on his treatment and it'll be considered barbaric. And man, did that, that was like a kick in the gut as a mom thinking that, you know, my son has endured because that's what they know they need to do at this point. Um, right. 
you know, that amount of chemo, you know, and you think three and a half years, I remember hearing that number and I couldn't, I couldn't bite it off. It was so massive mm-hmm. to think three and a half years of this is now our life was, was huge to me, you know, but just seeing the progress and, and, you know, seeing how far we are coming. Yeah. Um, but there's still, you know, we are losing way too many kids and adults. Um, you know, so in my, my mind and, and my kids, you know, lives, we have just, you know, this touched us and this was close and we were fortunate. Um, but what can we do, you know, for those parents that are hearing it's cancer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And still I will have friends call me and say, Hey, you know, my friend or yeah and it truly takes me back and there is no description on how you can walk alongside of somebody like that um, yeah you know how you can do it effectively because mm-hmm. how many times somebody said oh well my cousin's neighbor's best friend you know yeah but this is my son this is mine right this is mine you it know and it. and yeah it uh, it changes you know and mm-hmm. everybody everybody comes at you with the best of intentions and people mm-hmm. don't know what to do or what to say and you know and again just so grateful for the people that did say something or yeah. you know stepped in because there is not a chance we could have done this alone as a family i mm-hmm. mean talk about and that's a know, huge takeaway oh just even know, as just relying on that tribe and that village and is huge and that's where i think you know thinking about the things we've learned and could do and you know be that person that can leave a meal on the front step and not say anything you know and and offer that kind smile when you know that person does not have the strength to talk you know it's that kind of stuff because it's true it is so it is so real at Mm -hmm. what we just did to get by um you know, so there's, there's so much as a community, I think we can do and and that people do, I will swear by it. We couldn't have done it alone. I mean, with kids and with, there's not a chance we could have, you know, effectively done what we did by ourselves. Um, you know, a lot of people that know how to step in. Um, and again, I always say blessed are the broken because it, it's a different, you know, it's a different journey. That's Um, huge. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have just some, some very quick questions. One, do you have a morning ritual? Because I find people who are like you, <laughs> you get up with intention. So do you have a morning ritual? Oh man, do I ever, I work out at a crazy insane hour, um, because that's when I can get it in. So I'm one of those five fifteeners. Um, mm-hmm. And, and I do my best to make that happen because it just makes me feel good. It makes me be a better mom. Um, Mm -hmm. it, you know, I'm, I'm that, um, just, you know, I need to get that blood pumping. Um, and ironically I turned, I was never a runner before, but I started running with Luke, um, -hmm. when he was sick, because that to me was my therapy. You know, that was what I, I needed. So I think that makes the world better. Yeah. It just, it just, that's what spoke to me. So I always tell people, find what speaks to you. Yeah. It may not be that crazy workout time. Um, and, um, cause it is crazy, but again, that's what I have found for me and with busy kids and busy life, mm-hmm. you know, by nighttime, I'm the one that's in the pajamas at seven o'clock if I can be. So, I know, hear you. but I, yeah, I have, I have friends that work out, you know, after kids mm-hmm. go to bed, which I, you know, I look at them and in as much awe as they look at me but it's that finding what works for you. So morning ritual is that. And then I come home, I get kids out the door. 
Um, I, I have three of them left at home. So in fact, the next year it'll be two. So we're, we're coming down on numbers, but I get the kids out the door and then I actually step out of my house. I work from home. I'm blessed to have that, that opportunity to work from home, but I actually leave my house like clockwork and I go to, you know, a little local coffee shop or something. I do my daily devotion. I, you know, I always say that's where I fill my cup. Um, and ironically, as much as I believe in it, I don't do it well at home. You know, I feel the emails creeping in. I see the laundry. I, um, so I step away and, you know, people could probably track my path and I circle back and I'm usually back sitting at my desk by nine, but Mm -hmm. it's that time that I'm able to just truly quiet myself, Mm -hmm. um, because for me, that's what works. And, you know, when, when I start my day with my cup filled and a little focus on, you know, peeling back some of those layers, layers. so I usually do my, my devotion and um, some kind of personal development, huge fans of, you know, <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of the folks that probably we all are following. And um, I don't think that we can grow ourselves enough personally. Amen. Um, totally agree. You know, and, and I, I just crossed the 50 year old mark and I'm thinking, boy, I've got a lot to learn because it's, it's a constant process to just become the best version of us we can be. Um, I love that. And, you know, it's just, um, so that's a, a constant <laughs> progress for me. Um, so that's usually how I start my day. I love that. Okay. Last question. Um, what is one thing that you recommend like for someone to shift their day? So things aren't going right. What do you do to kind of turn your day around? <laughs> That's a great question. Music, 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 music. You know, what's that song that just takes you to a happy place? Um, you know, what can you change about it? Um, you know, and, and again, I think you need to find what speaks to you. Um, mm-hmm. Is it is it that walk around the block? My oldest son, I always remembered, you know, he was kind of, you learn a lot on that first one, right? Yeah. But with him, we'd always say, go take, go take five laps around the house mm-hmm. and then let's talk. You know, ironically, he turned into a college runner. I don't know if there's a connection there, but you know, find that, you know, music for me mm-hmm. takes me to a good place. Um, you know, so what's that song that speaks to you or that I think mindset and, you know, shifting, you know, shifting that, you know, getting out of our own way, Mm. you know, get out of our own way, you know, leave the excuses at the door. And, you know, it's easy to hide behind the garbage um, and to get caught up in all of the negative. And there's a lot of negative out there. You know, there is sadly, there's a lot of negative, um, but that's not getting any of us anywhere. Mm -hmm. So what is, is it a book? Is it reaching out to a friend? Is it that playlist? Um, You know, I have affirmations, um, you know, and, and I always say, man, in the beginning when I started that, and I've had a lot of growth with my job through this. So again, this is a work in progress, believe me. Um, But I, I felt silly saying it, but when we speak positive into us, you know, you start doing it. And I love it, you know, with Ava, my, my, my baby, who's now in sixth grade, but she and I do positive affirmations every morning. And we've done the same ones for two years. And I think, you know, it's life changing. Yeah. What can you, you know, that I can give my daughter 
you know, um, because it's such a, it's such a hard world out there and we've got to equip our kids. We can't put them in a bubble, um, as much as we want to, you yeah. know, and, and no matter if you have one child or, or, or no children, uh, you know, or a whole, a whole flock of them challenges <laughs> come our way, you know, so what are right. we going to do in those challenges and how can we equip our kids to also work through their challenges and it's ongoing. Again, I've got a couple of adult children, you know, I always would say little kid, little kid problems, big kids, bigger kid problems, you know, but yeah. we got to equip ourselves to know how to work through them. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much for your time. I could talk to you for years, just uh, nonstop. <laughs> I love you so well, much, Vicki. And I am uh, so grateful that um, you're willing to do this and share your powerful, powerful story. There are so many uh, amazing nuggets in here. Um, so thank, thank you. you. And thank you everyone for listening and have a great day. Uh, thank you so much, Danielle. Hey, I hope you loved that episode. If you did, please rate, subscribe, and share with anyone you feel needed to hear that message. Also, please find me on social media at The Silver Lining Life because I would love to hear your favorite takeaways from today's episode. Can't wait to hear from you soon. Thanks for being here. Bye.